Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. Alrighty, and we are live <laughs> yet again with another episode of Table Talk. Um, we have a very special guest episode where we're being joined by some gals and some gobbies. So <laughs> if you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, what you do, and all the cool, exciting stuff you're you're getting up to. Yeah. Uh, my name is Olivia Rose McCain. I'm just one of the gals behind Gals and Goblins, uh, an actual play TTRPG podcast. And we have another gal here. Yeah. Hi, I'm Campbell. I play Esta of House Ruijan on Gals and Goblins. Oh, yeah. I play I play Beans. Uh, Gals and Goblins is all about... Um, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm, I'm reinventing our spiel on the fly right now. Uh, we've been... We love an on-the-spot on yeah. rebrand. Yeah. Now yeah. sum up a D&D campaign in an yeah. elevator pitch. Uh, we, have, we have a lot more um, audience feedback from mm-hmm. last time I've wrote, written our pitch. But... Uh, we're described as a good, cozy, kind of casual play podcast. We go to an adventuring academy for young women and get up to antics there. Um, yeah, and really our big thing is we made the podcast as kind of a segue into helping people find a community through TTRPG that are not haven't been traditionally welcomed at the table. Um, in our experience, it's a traditionally a masculine, masculine table. So for us, um, having a mostly feminine table... Um, was big and um, yeah and also teaching that uh, you can play casually and it's all made up and it's okay and you can make it up and just have fun with your friends the whole time and that's what we're all about the rules don't matter the love you have for your friends is what's most that's important what matters. <laughs> and cats named beans mm-hmm. yeah and cats named beans yes yeah. um which i love wholeheartedly because like we we identify so much with that we also have like an all-female table and predominantly play at all-female tables. We might happen to have a male DM, but I'm currently the DM at our home game. So Mm -hmm. it's literally all women at that table and it's (laughs) chaos. Um, Oh, yeah. But it's great. (laughs) Um, And we also have like a magic academy situation. So it like very much is in the same line. Um, Ours is a lot more traumatic. Ours is not <laughs> we have cozy moments, but we also have moments of just deep, unfettered emotional damage. And so, what is a DNA cozy moments where we live in a drama <laughs> without trauma? Yeah, we're. I'm sure 100%. we're getting there in gals and goblins. Yeah. I love that. I love that. But yeah, you mentioned and like the topic of the episode as well is, um, you know, you started uh, gals and goblins to kind of create a more inclusive space for people that were not traditionally welcome at the table. Um, and that's something that's like extremely important to us. Cause again, we're, we're also an all female table. We're uh, like mostly like queer table as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that plus we've talked a little bit about how played had that plays a huge part in like the worlds we build, the stories we tell mm-hmm. um, and how we now present ourselves as like a podcast and things like that and kind of creating that community. Um, how does, how do you think that like affects your specific game um, and like what has kind of been emphasized there? Yeah. And creating the game, I think it's been really 
I think people can tell when they listen to it, like how close of a like friend group we are. And also the world that we've created lends itself really easily to people being able to kind of imagine themselves in our world as well. We've had, we've been like growing a really lovely discord server throughout this, which was one of our main goals was like creating a really lovely community through a discord server. And we have a group of friends in there who have started um, like creating their own like Frogmont OCs and like creating like how imagining like what they're doing when all of the story events are happening. And I think one of them is going to start like putting a yearbook together of like everyone's little pit crews that they put together of their Frogmont OCs. So it's been really cool to see like sort of the environment that we create at the table kind of rolling over into um the community that we're trying to create is that like we they can tell like how much love we have for this world that they also want to like join in and like join the world too and put themselves into it so that's been really cool yeah we also um we have a male dm um he's my partner uh so he's very cognizant of uh, <laughs> feminine issues and he takes a lot of care in um doing a lot of work behind the scenes to make sure he's informed and educated and making a world that is like it's a female adventuring academy so obviously there's women but um he does a lot to bring in like any queer representation any um i have a chronic illness i have diabetes type 1 diabetes so like does a lot of work to bring in um like differently abled characters as well because that's something that i find important um so i think there's also like a very cognizant like bringing more representation into our game that we like might not have around our table because it's just us currently mm-hmm. Um, and also we try to bring in, uh, guests to do, uh, like indie TTRPGs to play with us and guests that kind of help expand, um, that inclusive nature that we can't like encompass with just ourselves. Yeah. And it's been really cool to see how people, um, as they like get through all of our episodes, like, cause we kind of bring them in with the D and D that they know and love, you know, and then through all of our bonus episodes, we kind of like introduce them to all of these new things. And they realize like, Oh, it's not that hard to learn all these different other systems, all these other systems. Cause mm-hmm. you know, Oh, the gals are doing it and they're making it sound really fun. And like, uh, and then there's people in the discord who are like, I would love to play that. Do you have like, the link where I can buy it or like download it so it's been really cool to see how people have like we've like made them excited about these like and introducing them to like these new things in a really comfortable way you know it's not so that scary. truly is the pipeline that you're like I'm gonna yeah. lure you in with D&D exactly and then just <laughs> fucking thrust you at some other shit but also yeah. Like, yeah D&D is kind of a behemoth like yeah. Yeah. wise at first so it's like if you figure out the mechanics of D&D then it's very yeah. easy to pitch like a d6 system or you know like the yeah. exploding dice system like different things like that where i do not know the proper name of any other dice systems because that's yeah. not stored in my brain but like and those most- seem much easier to pick up after you yeah D&D. yeah and most TTR- ttrpg creators are like also probably got into the TTRPG space through D&D. So it's like a lot of that language like really carries over and like holds true to all of these other systems. So it's like, yeah, it's it's like not as difficult as you think it's going to be, you know? It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like the common factor that kind of unifies everybody. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, hey, we're, we're already at a baseline with each other. Yeah. Let me show you <laughs> perils and princesses. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. We've also... Oh, no, um, 
we've definitely like skewed towards some GMless uh, TTRPGs, which I feel like because a lot of a big barrier is like finding your GM or DM, or sometimes it's like, oh, I'm a forever DM, but I don't have players. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So I've found, and it was it was tough to like make the switch, but I think we really also like a GMless system. I think Powered by the Apocalypse is technically gm list which a lot of these are like good things about that one i've never i'm pretty sure most of the ones that we've played are like oh this is based off the powered by the apocalypse system which is just a lot of like it spreads the responsibility around the table to keep the game going rather than everybody's relying on one person to rein them in and it takes a second to like find your balance and then once you get it it's like oh yeah we can all play at the same time yeah that's really i love that that's really interesting i have i haven't even heard of it before um i think like for example like in our game in strixhaven we do we do a really good job in the sense of like i am a first time dm as in like that's my first ever campaign so i opened up a lot of the world building to my players and we really Mm -hmm. like collaboratively created it all together and then even as we go there's just points where i've i've given them a structure and then i just hand them the scene and i'm like all right Right on into the sunset, my pretties, and I will be here <laughs> to kind of keep us on some kind of rail, maybe. <laughs> to figure out yeah. what to do with it. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about our Strix Haven campaign is, like, I think it's easy one because, like, it came from a, a homebrew world that, like, you kind of had already made with, like, Oak and Kay and some of our, like, online homies. But the fact and the degree to which we, like, co-create the world and the NPCs and like how the guilds work and how the government works and where our parents fit into things. And like, we're fleshing out even like little stuff, like what an NPC's room looks like. And we can like send you a (laughs) little Pinterest. Like, it's just fun because we have more like, I don't know, like buy-in or involvement in it because it's a world we've also helped create. Yeah. And yeah, I, it's like, I tried to do a similar thing with the Vampire the Masquerade and making, like, letting y'all just make whatever characters you want. And oh, pause. Hang on. Sorry. Oh, my dog. Wild doge. <laughs> my dog. And Angie Doge. He attacked. She's, she's been taken care of. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she's a very tiny dachshund and makes a very loud noise. A very loud noise. Get that passionate before. Yeah. That They're very long, and that's where they store all their sound. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My God. It's a tube. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Start over with, like, that's what you're trying to do with BTM. Okay. But yeah, I think I've tried to do a similar thing with the BTM campaign. And the same way of, like, we're fall of London, but we're fall of London by, like, the skin of our teeth. And, like, I'm stealing the NPCs, and we're going to do court vampire court politics. And then when I get bored of that, then we'll bring in, like, the Inquisition. Because I don't want the humans to kill all the vampires yet. There's too much, like, tea to be had. Um, <laughs> but, like, letting the... Because our VTM party is the same party as our Strixhaven mm-hmm. party. It's Ollie, myself, and then our friend Alyssa and our friend Bex. Um, so it's just, we switched, um, and it's very chaotic and already has wildly different characters. And I've just figured out how to start getting them on the rails of like how they <laughs> the world. And I'm like, it's definitely it like, that's, minute. that's an art. Um, I, I DM'd, uh, it probably wasn't me, Campbell, and then Lily, and then some other people. Um, it was like our second campaign we, campaign we ever played together. I DM'd it, and that was the hardest thing. Is like, okay, how do I put them on a semblance of rails 
while like I preferred the homebrew method, definitely. I don't know. It just it felt more approachable to me because it was like if you hand me a book that the world's built and the story's built and then I have to try to fit my players into it, that seems so much harder than like let's build a world that we can't break because it's not fully fleshed out yet. Yeah. And then put them in it and then – when your players and you get to build this world together, it just feels so much more lived in than trying to like fit in and learn all about a new world. And then I feel like that's when you get into sessions that are like, let's talk about lore because we don't really know what's going on, but it's all established. Whereas like if you come up with it on the fly, you're, you're not going to break anything and it will turn out much more beautiful than if you like try to adhere to some, there's something that somebody else created. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely like a little bit of a pressure when you're working off of like a pre-made module, like you said, where, yeah, like there is, you can get things wrong. And then yeah. like, you're already having a lot of pressure on yourself as a DM and like trying to make sure everything goes right to then be like, fuck, I bought this completely yeah. wrong. Like, damn, as my opposed party to, killed the man that was supposed to yeah. be the quest. <laughs> There's I, 60 what? pages I now have to throw out because yeah. we killed this main guy. Um, as opposed to, yeah, like the having it be homebrew. I, I started Strixhaven thinking I was going to like go straight off the module because I was like, surely that'll make my life easier. No. And then I I think we barely like touched a couple of like the preliminary like first questy stuff. Mm-hmm. And like I was alluding to this like random goo shit that was going on in Strixhaven <laughs> and I was going off the book. Um, and then I was like, fuck this shit because everything else that's going on with my characters is so much more interesting. And now they're randomly going like, so what happened to that goo shit? I'm like, don't worry about the goo shit. <laughs> I feel like the goo like, is going to make the reappearance shit. in the 11th hour and just be something <laughs> early heinous. End game. End of campaign yeah. six years from now. <laughs> the goo shit's like, coming to bite your ass. It's a giant, like... um what are they called? The cube, the gelatinous, the cube. gelatinous, so yeah, gelatinous, the horrible cube. black varnish goo. Of like, it's something. Yes. I don't know. They're goo inside. I don't know. You yeah. know, goo has come up in a lot of the campaigns that I've played. <laughs> That's what this is reminding me. Of. A lot of goo content for sure. The fact <laughs> that the strict, so much goo content. The Strixhaven module you. has goo at Frogmont. Yeah. We have goo. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to take that up with our DM. <laughs> <laughs> stole it straight out no yeah and like yeah it was just like something that like I kept reading and the more I read the book the more I was like I felt like there was a lot of missed opportunities with random things that they do introduce that I was like oh this is interesting and then like nothing gets done with it Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm like what the fuck Richard no and so I'm like (laughs) I've taken the bits that I like and then you know Mm -hmm. they tell you like Strixhaven's a magic academy that just could be dropped anywhere and I was like you don't say and then I have this whole ass world to drop it into yeah. 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 I and think it was- I approach like this metaphor just occurred to me, but I think I approach like world building and running games a bit like I do cooking. And the fact of like, I like to start with a recipe because mm. I like the safety of having a little bit of suggestions of like, here's the ingredient list. And like, here's mm-hmm. the, for like a game, like, here's the NPCs that are already built out or some things. But then like about a third of the way into it, I'm going to get annoyed with that recipe and say, fuck it. I, I do what I want. And I'm yep. just going to do what I want. And I think it's the same with like, like my anxiety likes the option or like the scaffolding to rely on, but I, I never end up sticking to it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I haven't GM'd yet, so I'm not 
Oh, I don't have much weigh in yet. Do you want to? I'm excited. Yes. Oh my gosh. I want to so bad. Um, I've been looking at, I literally, I've been, I learned about this Warrior Cats TTRPG when I was like 12 and I've been thinking of it every day since then. And it's just like a random, it's like not real it doesn't like it's not like owned but i think like warrior cats like aaronhunter.com just like uploaded it at some point <laughs> so there's like no information about it anywhere um but i've been wanting to do a warrior cats yeah i've been wanting to do a warrior cats game be for a while yeah there's a discord gang am i gonna join it <gasps> not for right now that's for okay i'll join that with you and we'll we'll do our <laughs> let's just get off the call and rp warrior cats for the rest of the but evening yeah. all right yeah, i think that's it <laughs> the warrior cats fandom is like people who were like warrior cats kids is so niche but at the same time but extensive like, when someone says like warrior cats everyone's like yeah you know, like, i know exactly who you were yeah. yeah. If you said that like in a room of 25 people, at least 12 people are snapping their head yeah. towards you. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And so you're like, I, we've all connected at a very deep level just yeah. in that moment. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been thinking a lot. Of, um, sorry, go on. No, you're fine. I've just been thinking a lot about doing Warrior Cats, but then I'm like, oh, should I really make this like little known RP, like Do the it. first thing I DM yes, ever? I, I don't know. I guess I should. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All cats all the way down. All You've convinced me. <laughs> full on, full on. It reminds me of um, have y'all do y'all keep up with Dimension 20 at all? Oh yeah. 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 So the Burroughs End like current stuff, mm-hmm. that shit is fuck wild. Wild. And has yeah. has very much that energy of just like, yeah, they're cute little stoats. <laughs> it's gonna get fucking dark, my guy. The <laughs> yeah. most body horror Dimension 20 has ever done. Exactly. In the season. And yeah. Like, I mean, I didn't would you see put that it? coming. But <laughs> at some point, like all, all I filmed, like me reacting to one moment to like send it to a mutual friend of ours. And at some point, we probably need to post that somewhere. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just like the disbelief as it progressively got worse. And I'm like, surely this is the bottom, and it it was not. There was another level. <laughs> um, like if you see right what I'm talking about, I'm not gonna spoil it, but I don't I've only like started that season. I'm like, so I'm far not. behind. I'm very far behind too. When you hit it, let us know. It's near it's near the beginning, but you will know okay. when you get okay. to it. It's good within to know. the first four episodes, I know, because Ollie and I yeah. binged the first four um while you were last time you were at my place. I'm yeah, Rick, to see what Rick Perry mean. popped off his whole fucking mini OC on that shit. <laughs> Well, maybe you guys can corner the market on the on Dimension Twenty uh, reaction videos. I feel like <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen those right? yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think like, we could. I believe in it. Somebody's got to do it, and somebody somebody would watch that. It's me. Yeah, <laughs> it's me. I'm people. <laughs> it's just funny. Like I'll watch it a bunch of times. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Push it. Push it through the algorithm with so, just my watches alone. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you. It's possible. Take, take it from us. It's possible. <laughs> There are definitely 100%. some TikToks that I have single-handedly pushed higher and absolutely. <laughs> you can ask like, the gals and goblins team. Oh yeah, we we will 
we will make our TikTok soar if we need to. The four of us, we can we can work <laughs> miracles. We can. We can. <laughs> Y'all make such good content though. Every time you pop up Thank on my you. on my feed, I'm like, this is yes, this is incredible. I was just about I, to bring that back to like our topic for today about building community. Is that something so we have yes. noticed recently? Is that people similar to what, like, I guess we should have realized this earlier because it's like, why do people like the podcast? It's because we're all friends and it sounds like you're sitting down at a table, like having a crazy conversation with all your friends. You know, it just sounds like it's very homey in that sense. Like you you feel like you're, you're at the table with your friends. That's what I mean. I've already said that. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but so we've realized that the, the, like, in the social media content that that does better is content that is also feels like you're sitting around the table with us, like having a conversation and you're all like, you know, clutching your stomachs because you're laughing so hard, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, so we've realized, oh, we just need to make content that feels like we're your friends, <laughs> you know? So we've been doing like, would you rather's and like uh, put a finger down and like those have done so and much roast. better. <laughs> yeah. It's like people just want oh, yeah. to like, yeah, people just want to feel like they have like they're they're having a conversation with you. They want to feel that like friendship and community. So yeah, you've inspired yeah. me for the next time that we have like a home game of doing the whole like I'm gonna pass the phone to this fucking yeah, bitch who can't yeah. make a goddamn character without like any traumatizing relationship to her family whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> you that, have to. That literally weird. started like we were like we were fucking around before a recording session because that's what we do. Like the first hour, like we're not recording anything. We're gonna fuck around. <laughs> and I literally just like started it on my phone. I've been talking about it. I was like, wouldn't this be so funny? And I just started it while we weren't doing anything, and it led to like being one of our most watched yeah. videos. Yeah, it was so it, good. It also led me to realize that not everybody like has the privilege of sitting at a table where everybody is good mm-hmm. friends to start off. And I feel like we hear so many stories of like, oh my God, like me and my D&D party got so close because of it. But I think what we're finding is a lot of people do not have that connection with their D&D group, but they kind of also stay with it because it's like, well, if I don't stay with this group, then like, I, I'm not playing D&D. Mm-hmm. I don't so, get to play. It's like, yeah. This is yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, which I challenge you because the amount of people on our TikTok and Instagram and in our Discord that have said that, you guys can find each other because get you together. Can. Yeah. Right? And they have Being been out here like just kiss. There you go. Yeah. I'm like have, you guys are right there. Yeah. And they have been slowly but surely. We have a, a couple groups that are getting together in the Discord who are like okay. putting their little games together. Yeah. And I'm so excited to see how they go. Yeah. Yeah. There's also. I love that. I'm trying to think. We had a guest who they made. They oh um, what is it called? Tabletop Town app. Mm-hmm. Um, it's released now, but it's a really cool app. Which I I just want to pitch this for anybody who's like, I need a, I want a new table. I'm not getting this kind of feeling. Uh, it's like the like old school role playing forums. I'm I'm assuming I know some of us were probably <laughs> on them. <laughs> Me too. Um, Dust off it's that ma- brain stuff. Yeah, yeah. I used to keep that a secret, and I'm proud. I'm proud to admit. <laughs> old school RP servers. I'm still on them. Anyway, that's true. I shouldn't say that. It's not old school, but I did it when I was younger, and I haven't picked it up mm-hmm. since. But it's a whole app designed kind of in that style, but with like formatted TTRPGs and tools. Yeah. So I'm just throwing that out there. Is that's another tool of like if you can't meet in person all the time, which is the fucking bane of any TTRPG mm-hmm. tables existence yeah. is scheduling. Um. There are ways that you can do it, like not what's that word? 
asynchronous asynchronous there you go mm. yeah so it's like a little mobile game so you're just like playing dnd with your friends but you don't have to be together this it's so cool their tagline is um uh play together even when you can't be together it's like a, it's they got a cute i've got a really cute tagline but they have like search i'm searching for like dm searching for four players to do this kind of thing with these rules you know so they have like a really great like system for finding a game. And they also have the I safety tools built in, yes. which we're big on safety tools for us. So I mean, we, we're, shit. Like, we're all friends at the table and like, we we do not get intense and into traumatic shit just because like, that's not the type of, that's not what we sit down to play. Um, but I mean, if people do, and that's a very valid way to play. So they I like that they built in also to this app safety tools also a way of like if you do get into a table that you started that you don't like you can like easily exit yeah Easy, yeah that's really nice kind of yeah we have a yeah. like our friend Bex is a deep and abiding horror lover and I'm a new horror lover mm-hmm. so I yeah things get a, a, a little wonky so I've given I've given myself leeway <laughs> like what's yeah. what's in play and what what is not um yeah but yeah, no, that's, but we've thoroughly like talked it through, and also like again, we have the privilege of like these are literally my my best friends of several years mm-hmm. at this point, yeah. and we know each other very well. But we still like sit down and talk it out and make sure we're still kind mm-hmm. of playing within everyone's comfort. Yeah. Um, but we do have a lot more room than probably most have because I know what I can and can't do. And like for example, with Mariah, like there was literally a point where I was like, I pitched. So I have like a little council of DMs in my server where I plan everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I was planning Mariah's arc, Mm-hmm. Um, I knew she's a trauma bitch and I was yeah. going to serve it on a solo platter. <laughs> and so I, he was like helping me come up with ideas and he pitched me something that was fucked. And then I pitched something that was more fucked. And he was like, that's psychotic. Wait. And I had to go do a little check in with Mariah. And I was like, how bad, how bad can I get? Cause I, I have like, yes. very fucked up ideas. <laughs> and she's like, do it. I'm like, all right. But, and then oh I came gosh. back and I was like, please don't harm, like, because my character's mother had a griffin. And I was like, the griffin must live. Yeah, I was like, no pets um, will be harmed. I get it. Exactly. I get it. Griffin I was like, that, That's where I draw the line. Like, yeah. harm the animals. Fine. Yeah. 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 Um, but like, wait, what was, what was Oak's idea? Because we finished my art. And what happened <laughs> was... Uh, what Ollie did was so like I didn't really have a very fucked up character concept of like it was a, like my character Anya she's a vengeance paladin to a death god that we homebrewed um, and that happened because she was kidnapped killed and resurrected as a reborn but it was a botched job so she has like some reborn stuff some not waited a lot of like out of session RP with her recovering from memories like the year before she went into Strixhaven mm-hmm. and then her parents have been missing so we're trying to find her parents because they were taken same time she was Nice. Um, and so what had happened to her parents was they were underground in a dungeon under Witherbloom campus and they had been tortured to death and then their bodies were dismembered and sewn together with also a plant and that walked Ooh. in. Oh, and I didn't see I, I didn't I didn't see that coming. Like I went I, first after we had that initial conversation, I was trying to be I was like, OK, what's it going to be? And I was like, it's probably going to be like her parents are in like this horde of like reborn zombies and she has to stab. And then I stopped guessing. So I was like, I feel like I'm. it's going <laughs> to get worse if I accidentally give you. But that was far worse than anything I'd mentally prepared for, <laughs> that is crazy. which was awesome. But what was Oak's original idea? <laughs> 
<laughs> I genuinely on. don't remember at this point. I'm going to have to ask him what his original idea or like look through my logs or whatever. But it was it was something to the effect of like he he had something to the effect of like, yes, they're dead. And like, yeah, maybe they were experimented on or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think he gave me the idea of like they're dead and something happened to them after the fact and they're like yeah. either undead or whatever and then i was like what if i go full metal alchemist on this bitch oh <laughs> that makes sense Jeez. yeah so i was like damn I, i've heard a story from a table uh with a dm that we like originally played with uh it was one of her other campaigns uh and she was like yeah uh this like player characters uh like partner or mother somebody closely connected they're like, yeah, they found him and they like they'd been tortured over and over and then like healed and then tortured. And they were like, and they found the journal in graphic detail and we went over it. And I was like, that's really great for them. That's <laughs> for you. That's a lot. That's so I love that for you. I yeah. love that. We had a fish race in our last. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we I made potions. <laughs> But that should just come it comes down to like knowing what table you're at and like knowing the people exactly. you're playing with and For what sure. they like and what they don't like. Yeah. And 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 there's like, gotta be like a push and pull of that. Like I yes. think about it when I for sessions, I think about it when I write. Like you can have those moments of like very intense fear or anger or pain but then you have to counterbalance them with lighter moments with fun moments with things yeah. that it can't i'm like here's a baby griffin that you now have yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so like a griffin goes yes. now and like so it can't all be grim dark all the time no, I mean, no, that yeah. gets emotionally exhausting you, but you also can have dip to have... into that as long as you pull it back yeah. yeah, and I think it's – I'm a firm believer that it's not just the GM's responsibility. I think it's everybody's responsibility at the table to make sure that the table is having fun. So it's like finding yeah. how you have fun playing D&D or any other TTRPG mixed with how everybody else has fun, and then you have to meld it. Because if you're the For person sure. that, like, you just do something crazy or, like, you just have a very specific play style that everybody reacts to, like, hmm, I didn't really like that. <laughs> then it's like it's like – you got to figure out the happy medium or like find a new table because at the end of the day, this is all made up and we do this for fun. So if you sit and it down, it's not that fucking serious. No, yeah, it's fun. not. And if you come to play D&D and you dread it every time and you like are making excuses to not go, this is your sign. Find a new table. Find a maybe different TTRPG. Like maybe it's not. That's not it for you. But it's like at the end yeah. of the day, it's like everybody should be having fun. That's why if somebody came at me and they were like, you're not you're not do, like using your character to its maximum ability in combat. Ooh. I'd be like, I don't care. I'd be like, that's I don't give a fuck. My guy. <laughs> yeah. I, you used that ability wrong. I don't care. I am building characters for flavor and style yeah. i have never you're a like- well-seasoned <laughs> hoe over here oh my <laughs> goodness i do not i am not min i don't even know what min maxing means and and you don't have to you don't have to <laughs> know that's the beauty and of you it. don't have to no. thank you <laughs> i feel so safe <laughs> no yeah i've 100 percent been the person to like and like i've only just now like started to try to even look at like somewhat optimization stuff but even then like half the time I will be like I know the idea of the character and I want these two classes and then I go to my friend who knows what the fuck they're talking about and he's like that 
sucks. And I'm like, I want it anyway. (laughs) And I'm going to make it work for me. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I need these classes to mix for flavor. And everybody's like, they're conflicting. And I go, that's not the point. Actually, that is the point. There's there's two wolves inside them. It's really, it's really. I want it more. (laughs) And that's just made it more appealing. That's something we consider a lot in Gals and Goblins is like, what can I, like, what can, what about my character is going to tell a better story rather than what is going to be like, what's going to like hit the hardest in combat and what's going to like be the coolest thing to like mess with my DM's plans. It's like, no, like all of like, he's here to tell the story too. You know, like we're all sitting here trying to create a lovely story for people to listen to. It's like, I really, I'm not going to pick up a feat or like build a character that's just going to be like contrary to trying to, you know, create a nice story together, you know, 100%. Yeah. Because your DM is there to have fun too. Everybody, exactly. don't forget that. They're also just playing a made up game. Yes. <laughs> like it's collaborative 100%. storytelling and the collaborative yeah. aspect of that. People fully just key, pass key fucking pa- word. Pass go, yeah. collect $200, go like straight to jail. Um, yeah. Yeah, everything about what you both just said is such good advice and so accurate. And I'm like <laughs> hiding because, especially Olivia, your point of like, if you dread going to the D&D game, you should stop. And we've been there. Um, we've and we've been was, there too. Yeah, you drove to my house in Austin and came and backhanded me with that. Um, <laughs> because holy, that, that was me in our last game to the point like yeah. when we started playing Strixhaven. I was so shocked at the difference in my anxiety level in that it, because of the environment change and like early on in that campaign, we had a player who's, who stopped playing after a bit, but like, I truly, I can honestly say I've never like, while I'm playing a game, wanted to kill another player's character before that moment. And I was like, I played a monk and I'm like, I could do it. I was like, he's a warlock. I was like, give me. I could, I could hit that squishy ass. Yeah. And he give me so strikes and a flurry of blows. And I can do this problem he's for all of done. us. Because he was just so contrary and like everything yeah. about him. And he made everything difficult and he went against the party. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to punch you or your character in the face or both. Yeah. The blur, the blur is hard. It's both, yeah. And there's, yeah, there's honestly. this, there's this, and and we, everybody at the gals and goblins table, we majored in theater and acting, so we 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 know something about like collaborative storytelling. But there's this beautiful thing, yeah. Oh yeah, yes, and there's a beautiful thing called um, being in major and being in minor. Uh, and I think this is very important at a TTRPG table to learn, because if you're playing with more than just you. You, you will never always be the main character. And if that's why you're playing this, it can't happen. Collectively, you are all the main characters. But it's important to note that if a scene is going on or combat or something, sometimes like Campbell, Esta, that is who's in major right now and I'm in minor and then my job, and this is what's fun for me. So again, if this isn't the game you like to play, don't play it. My goal is to make sure Esta can get the best like out of this scene and you know whether that's me mm-hmm shutting my mouth for the next five minutes which is usually very important for me to do uh or like giving her a wonderful action or setting up a question that i know she's not seeing like Mm -hmm. that's so important at a ttrpg table is knowing like i'm the main character in the scene and i'm not right now and learning like those are both very valid without minor characters we don't have major characters yeah 
I yeah, I could not agree more. Um, especially in those moments when you recognize, like you're like, okay, like right now where we just got done with one character arc and we're transitioning into the next and understanding when that moment has shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like you said, just like supporting that character and like, yeah, you're still there too and you're doing your own thing. But um I I like I think you phrase it so perfectly of like you know helping that character get presented with opportunities to like talk more about their backstory or whatever because you're traveling together and be like i'm gonna ask you some questions to kind of help help you be in the limelight and bring that out so you can get the full experience of of that moment because you know either your moment's already passed or like uh, my moment's coming up and i want the same treatment kind of thing yeah yeah and then it gets if you're if you find like your character's never in major if you're like hey wait a minute this one character is getting the Where's most of the story. <laughs> <laughs> then that's like open a conversation with your like DM or GM. It's not. Um, I think we model it in a few of our, we do like study breaks, which are technically like, like short rests kind of episodes for us. There's times when like one of us will be like, Hey, like I, like I had this problem with the session or I didn't feel like I, this was responded to in like kind of how the rules are written or properly. I was just like ignored and it's like you can have those casual conversations without like it needing to be an attack on your DM or like a critique because it's like they are doing a lot of work. Yeah. So it's like yeah. you can bring these things up of just like, hey, I noticed that I'm not getting a lot of playtime like I want. Can we talk about it? Or like here's some suggestions I have. Because often then, like it's not maliciousness. It's just exactly. there's a lot to keep track of. And I think it's one interesting thing of like until you DM everything, like until I had DM'd a session, I didn't know, like I, I knew it like academically, but I didn't understand the mental and emotional labor of balancing mm-hmm. different people's stories and the one-on-one scenes I have, because like I do in my DM campaign similar to what Ali does with Strixhaven, of like we have like little vignette scenes where it's mostly like one PC and then like the DM or GM playing like running npcs or something so like one that helps with having those like major minor moments because even when we're in somebody like we just finished anya's big overall arc but and we're going into bax's character callista's so even within that there's moments where like yeah you're still gonna have where you go to your club or you're talking to sorry you're having drum with your ex or like whatever is happening (laughs) that you'll have those little moments where the light kind of is on you and the uh, it's nice as for the other players to be able to sit back and watch that because we're all engaged with each other's stories mm-hmm. but from the standpoint of a dm it is hard and anxiety inducing to make sure you're managing that and especially like i run like there's three players in my be campaign so like dms you run tables of like six I'm like how <laughs> yeah like, like that yeah, yeah that would be a lot to manage I think was the first table we played was it five or six? It was. It was five with a DM, right? It was five and a DM. Yeah. I was, I have a intense. rule. <laughs> my my rule when I DM, I ain't taking more than four. And if there's more of you, then yeah. we're playing two different things because I just I think once you get bigger, unless like I think Critical Role is the best example of like they understand how many people are at their table and they know how to play like that. And also they're professionals who do this for a living. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they've played <laughs> together for decades. So it's yeah. like they're very in the, yeah. the kinks were well worked out before they start. Oh, yeah. I'm a big yeah. believer. And even when they bring on new talent, everybody's like 
aware of like this is for production value and we're yes. telling a story that is going to be consumed and they're yeah. very good about making like, sure everyone's having their moment yeah don't believe your table of normal people who presumably don't have like a performance background is going to be able to like be so aware of making sure everybody gets their turn which then it becomes on your dm which is really hard so like if you have six people that want to play my challenge is make two different campaigns with three people and then bring them together sometimes and keep them apart. But it's like, I just find the bigger the table, there's always going to be the somebody that it's, it's, there's always going to be somebody who like, maybe is not fully left out, but they're going to Feels feel left little. out because yeah. yeah, they're not getting everything that they probably want out of it. And you're probably also not able to do everything you want because what, you know, you played two, three hours. Not everybody has the, opportunity to sit down for six mm -hmm. which i don't like it we don't we play what we record we maybe record like two hours of playing yeah mm -hmm. and i remember our very first campaign we ever played we had to sit down for like six hours to play it was intense <laughs> and let's just say we all couldn't pay attention for six hours yeah. so yeah. i it, i think there's a big thing of especially in the world of like actual play podcasts that you get to consume and you're like wow this is so cool and it makes you want to play, be like cognizant of like, we're doing this because it's entertainment. You know, like we are playing the game, but there is an underlying current of like, we know people are listening and we know it needs to be entertaining and we know we have to keep it on track. It's when you play your table with your friends, yeah, when you play your table with your friends, that might not be what you get. So like, totally figure out when you listen to these actual plays what you're liking about it and how you can bring that into your table rather than mm -hmm. being like yeah we're gonna have such an interconnected plot and everything's <laughs> gonna tie together and it's gonna be so interesting <laughs> we're just gonna be improv and one at playing our way our yeah. way through and it's like yeah if, if you want that like there we play very long sessions but a lot of our structure extremely game, long compared to like, like the months. longest one wow. finale session for Anya's arc. I think it was like an 18 hour session and we took breaks, but it was very, very long. Um, You're kidding. And our average yeah. sessions, they're no shorter than six, usually six to 10, I would say is what we our need. shortest is six. And then we, yeah, between six and 10, but yeah, that, wow. that arc finale. And like, I prepped them ahead of time. I was like, we have a lot to cover. Because yeah. we only do it once a month and like half yeah. of them drive oh, okay. in. So, so we, we dedicate like a whole weekend. At 8 a.m. We're like, get the fuck up. It's time to dungeon. Like, get your coffee, <laughs> get your shits again there. <laughs> wow. Stuffing kolaches down people's faces. <laughs> See, I don't I don't blame you if you're yeah, like, we yeah. play once a month. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. we're playing eight hours. We're going to get hour. like four sessions in one day. Exactly. Yeah, everybody pack your duffel bag and come yeah. over to my house. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. 100%. That's impressive. Yeah, that, a key and just I start getting that. to the three. We we start pushing the three hour mark sometimes, and I'm like, guys, please, please, I have to go to bed. <laughs> I'm like that on the on like weeknights, especially. We also play yeah. on uh, weekends, so we play Strixhaven yeah. on Saturday, mm -hmm. and then we play our Aldern campaign on like Sunday earlier in the day. But like campaign, like not campaign, combat heavy focus things. My attention span will sputter and like oh, DM yeah. teddy for the alder campaign he's the only dm that's kept me engaged in like multi-hour long combat situations which just speaks to his flair and combat and the sheer terror he can evoke during a during a scenario <laughs> uh because it's always in flux and it's always changing and you never know what the fuck he's gonna pull out um, and he just took away our dmpc that's definitely kept us from dying so that's concerning mm. oh. um <sighs> 
that's a December us problem, but yeah, <laughs> we're shitting ourselves, Carly. Well, we're like, wait, you. no, we need our we need our daddy, our level ten daddy, the yeah. assistant. <laughs> what do you mean? So, like, Come I assumed back. he was staying the entire campaign. Like, we're level <laughs> four. We're not that. Like, we don't have that much HP. But I was like, he no, he can't go. I'm so sorry. Um, oh, we'll have no. to kidnap him later. <laughs> sacrificial but, hp you know holder <laughs> yeah well he was like 1v1ing like some of the bigger like monsters and shit and there's yeah to tend to everything else and it's like he <laughs> takes a lot of hits my guy we need him around <laughs> he's like a bad like a double 10 battle master so it's like he has like, oh my god he's uh, gone yeah. our priority is keeping that man up <laughs> i'm like fuck you bitches we need yeah. this man or none of us make it oh <laughs> no but i think that's mm-hmm. such a good example of like playing the game that makes sense to you like if if you're like we can meet once a month we're playing eight hours fuck yeah us we're like we can meet like once a once a week maybe twice a week and we're gonna play two hours because that's what we have time for it's like it's so important that like this game is what make it what you need and like I, i would do it because i like i tend to over plan my sessions and we'd get like halfway through and i'd be like oh we're at the two and a half hour mark guess what you can just pick up next time where you left off. Like, yeah. I feel like there's and you such already a, planned it. You already planned yeah, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I just feel like there's such a weird... Um, that people just get an idea in their head of like, this is exactly how D&D is run. And it's like, no, it's okay. It's no. made up. Yeah, there's no <laughs> right way to do it as long as everyone is having fun. And I think like so much of finding a table, like coming back to that of like trying to find people to play with and tell stories with is compatibility. And mm-hmm. like comparing things like to dating is a bit cliche. Like we do it with therapists, <laughs> we do it with them, but it's kind of like that, right? Of because like there are, I think it's also similar to the way of like you can have like friends that you love that you could never travel with, and then you could have mm-hmm. friends that are great to travel with. Yep. And it's similar with D and D. I think too of like you can have like there's just a chemistry there, and You're like, like I'll yeah. play a one shot with you. But I will not commit a multi-year campaign with this person. Like, I exactly. Can't strap into that ride. I mean, we're very, very fortunate in that, like, our core group of like our best friends are also all people that like to tell the same type of stories, and so we can yeah. just be off to the races and anything. But it, like, you one, you can find that it is out there if you haven't found it. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, you don't have to have that immediately. If it's like, it's also fine to have one where you, like, you clock in and you hit shit for two hours on a Wednesday night and then you log off and go to bed and go to work the next day. Like, yeah. there's no moral superiority over one or the other as no. long as everyone's having fun. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's also no shame in, like, if you guys meet every time and play a one shot with different characters with the same characters, like you don't have to make an interconnected story. Like I think if you have the time, great. But if it's like I want to play a heist, oh, I want to do a battle of the bands or something. It's like you can just make completely separate things and not interconnect them and like that's still fine. And you can play with different people every time. Like I think there's just there's a lot more opportunity if you can't find that table right now that is like we're playing for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because, yeah, committing to a campaign is, again, a commitment, uh, both in time and, like, emotional labor and all of that good stuff. Um, but I think, like, yeah, like, there's no shame in going and testing things out, testing out a couple one-shots, playing with different people. And, like, you will know once you start finding those people that, like, just click 
Mm-hmm. And by God, once you do, you're like, hi, bitches, we're never leaving each other. <laughs> like, we're playing everything together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely, it's a beautiful thing when it happens, but it's like, it does take some work. Like we yeah. played, we played a lot of campaigns before we mm-hmm. ended up. And even then, like we, um, one of our friends, Maddie, who started the podcast with us, couldn't um, like for life reasons, just couldn't keep it up. And so it's like, mm-hmm. also like things shift and change. And that's okay. Yeah, I think that comes back to of like knowing like it is okay if circumstances change or if your dynamic with people change. And like a campaign that was once a fit for you isn't anymore. And Mm -hmm. that goes back to that like not forcing a square peg in a round hole kind of thing. And it's like (laughs) if it's not working, it is okay to just accept that and leave ideally leave with grace before things get to a point of toxicity that you leave by like burning the bridge and salting the earth. And I'm calling myself out when I say that. Um, uh, Just like staying in the unhealthy situation looks so bad that no one can deny it. And then I'm like, Mm. cool, now I can go full nuclear. Like that's not the way to handle things. to yourself. No. Yeah. I think, I think the first table we played at, we weren't liking it. It was a lot of like dungeon crawling and that's not what we're about. Like we want to be silly and talk to squirrels and goblins and <laughs> um and like i would say our misstep is we just kind of ghosted the dm like we we were like oh no we're all just so busy and then just eventually <laughs> let it fade away which like that's not fun either no it's not ideal for sure like it's it is, we, we it's, were it is awkward to be like <laughs> i don't like the way you do this but i think you don't yeah. have to say it like you you can do a <laughs> it's not you it's me yeah, just exactly. We we were newer D and D players at the time, and that was us. It was not. totally like it was like we didn't know what we wanted before we got in there, and the, this was the DM style, and it was like, oh, you know, eventually it's not compatible, and they're like, it's nothing personal. It's like, oh, that's just we no. don't play the same, and that's fine because there's plenty of people who do play that way. Yeah, and then we went off and we yeah. we started a campaign the way that we wanted in a world that we were more we in a way of playing that we were more interested in yeah doing so it all worked out (laughs) yeah there you go yeah don't go scorched earth if you're gonna leave a table just yeah ideally not yeah to be fair i scorched that earth for reasons unrelated (laughs) to our game (laughs) if you if you need to scorch it that's okay i guess (laughs) i just flamethrower to that bitch Well, As somebody who's very no, confrontational, again, this comes yeah. back to do it the best way for you. If you need to scorch that earth, uh, listen, I'm very confrontational. I'll do it if I have to or if I need Same. to. So. <laughs> yeah, agreed. But like, yeah. ideally, remove yourself. Like, you have situations like that, well, with it, with anything, with friends, with relationships, with like, like, don't ideally wait until it gets to a point where you feel like it's time to just burn the world down. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I think it goes back to like, I mean, for example, like we to take it back to how you were saying, like, you know, you don't have to stay in a game that you're like not super about just because like that's your only option. If you don't you're not here, then you don't play at all. That's kind of how we felt because like, Mm -hmm. you know, we were all relatively ish new. Some had more experience, but even then, like nobody had experienced DMing and he was like our only source to play. Well, that's like, um, why I didn't so, leave was, yeah, because if you're, he was just a central person in the friend group, he was the DM. And if you're, if I yeah. leave, if there's a choice to be made between me and this person, 
it will not the choice will not be me yeah and I'll, it was like a lot more complicated and intertwined in like our friendships and all that but eventually it was like yeah felt like that and so it was just a it was was kind of a everybody's feeling that way and nobody wants to say it yep (laughs) it was it was very much like who's gonna be the first domino to fall and it was me (laughs) so and as soon as i left literally all of us were like peace because if she's not there i'm not buried yeah (laughs) damn kind of thing uh like, once you cool that wall it was like cool a clean opening let's go <laughs> yeah um but it, it, it and i think we had that same feeling of like okay well shit we've left now you know burn that bridge and like we don't have a way to play and all of us agreed like we had tried to play online before uh all of us and like me and mariah are perfectly capable playing online mm-hmm. um as well as like our friend Alyssa. but bex was like a poor adhd baby she was like, I cannot. I simply yeah. cannot be on an online game. Online and then I'm yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just exactly. none of us could yeah. play online. We, yeah, we've yeah. talked about it and we're like, if if somebody leaves for an extended amount of time, we're just recording it all ahead of time or you're on yeah. a vacation on the show. Like we it it yeah. doesn't work for us. Yeah. And like we were very much hardcore role play people that needed to be at a table i need to see your face Mm -hmm. and how you're reacting to play off of that um so we knew that within ourselves and we're like just kind of sitting around looking at each other and be like so what do we do and then i was like well i have a pile of fucking D books that i collected just because i like looking at them so oh yeah me too might as well do something with (laughs) it oh my goodness Um, it looks like but i think it's very much in that like yeah it's very much that element of like even if you feel like you know, you have no options if you leave or whatever. It's like you do. There's resources like what you just said of like being able to play kind of in tandem whenever everyone's a- available. There is solo play. There's DMless games. Um, there's groups like we have a group called Barhaven where every literally every day of the week at like six, they post up at a bar. And there's several DMs at several tables. And you just show up with a level three character in a dream. And you sit down at a table full of strangers, you get discount drinks the whole night, and you just go. And they'll have every kind of game. Yeah. They'll be like, if you're experienced, here you go. If you want to play a Barbie Dreamhouse chaotic getaway, here you go. Like, they have all (laughs) sorts of games that you can just hop into. And then, hey, you're meeting people, you're finding new, new ways to play, and eventually you will find a group or just, you know, take up the mantle yourself and be a GM. Because, like... It's definitely more accessible than people. F- it's very intimidating. Um, but I think once you've even given it a shot as like play a very simple one page one shot and just mm-hmm. see if you like it. Yeah. And at that point, it becomes less intimidating. And I feel like once I had like a couple sessions in, I, I had the confidence to be like, I prepped nothing and we're just going to fucking roll with it. Yeah. And yeah. those are often the best sessions because <laughs> yeah. like your players will help you. 100%. Yeah. And I, I I always get caught up when I'm DMing of like, I have to have all the answers. I have to know everything. Like, if I don't explain something vividly enough, then my characters aren't going to see it the way I do. And from what I've learned, they're going to see it more vividly. You could you could say a, a five-word sentence and something's going to populate in their mind and it'll be mm-hmm. great. But I yeah, I always got caught up. I was like, I don't even know how to write my notes to do my first session. And that was like the biggest thing that I got caught up in. I was like, how do I how do I format the notes? Somebody tell me where's the rubric? <laughs> and and there isn't one. And you don't learn it till you just like do it. And yeah, I would say 
I did a one shot, like a Christmas one shot. Like, oh my God, that was probably like three years ago at this point. I picked it up. It was pretty self-explanatory. It was all there. And then I just had to do it. And you will learn so much. And nobody, I don't think anybody I played with knew I was like shitting my pants the whole time. Like, you know, (laughs) it was the same for me with BTM of like, I, they knew after the fact when I asked them like 18 times if they actually enjoyed the session or if they were talking to me like with love, but they're like, no, we actually enjoyed it. I'm like, at some point I'm like, I have an obligation to believe you. So I'll stop. (laughs) This is a me problem. Yeah. They're just happy that somebody let them play a game. Mm -hmm. Like a hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Um, Well, we're actually coming up on our time. Surprisingly, that kind of flew by. Um, But (laughs) this was so, so lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for coming on. Um, Give us a little goodbye and also let them know where they can find all your good, good uh, adventures. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. So again, uh, Campbell and me are from Gals and Goblins podcast. You can find it Anywhere podcasts are available. Um, we are also on TikTok and Instagram, Gals and Goblins. Uh, you should be able to find us easily. We have a Discord. I'll send the link so you guys can drop it in your show notes if you want. Uh, or you can find it on any of our anywhere on our stuff, honestly. <laughs> um, and the other, what did I talk about? A Tabletop Town app. You can download it in the app store right now. We met the like creator of it and she was really cool. It's like female-led creator. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and yeah, look at your local game stores too, if you want good resources and come check out our actual play. If you like magic academies and, uh, friends just being friends around a table. (laughs) Heck yeah. Thank you so much, ladies. And, um, we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Table talk is a podcast brought to you by mythos media productions bringing you a new episode every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at TabletalkRPG, or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.